irreverent, entertaining, cool. You are listening to LA Talk Radio. We say what we want. Listening to You're Not the Person I Hired with Brad Remillard, only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, uh, to today's show on uh, career coaching. We're going to be talking with Marsha Bench of the Career Coach Institute. But before we do that, let me just go over a few little uh, housekeeping. Uh, you are welcome to give us a call anytime you'd like. Our phone number is 818. 818- 602-4929, but like most things in life, there's a catch. If your phone is blocked, you will not get through. So if you plan on calling on a blocked number, you may consider asking a question you don't want an answer to. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to hit star 82, unblock your call, and you'll come through. You can also email us at brad at impacthiringsolutions.com. And we'll get your emails and try and get them on the air uh, as we can, uh, as appropriate, as much as we can. This is a show all about hiring. We cover every aspect of hiring, and we're here to help everyone, uh, whether you're a candidate looking for a job, uh, stuck in your career, stuck in your job search. We'll provide you the resources you need to get you out of that career and shorten your time in search. If you're a hiring manager or a company, one of our goals is to make sure that we give you the tools, the resources to attract, hire, or retain top talent. Our website, impacthiringsolutions.com, has a lot of free resources uh, and uh, other resources that you can engage in to help you, whether you're a candidate or a hiring manager. Uh, so anything you need, just go to Impact Hiring Solutions, and it's available for you. So today we have with us Marsha Bench. Marcia Bench is the director at Career Coach Institute, and we're going to be talking about why do you even need a career coach? How can a career coach benefit you? And what are some of the issues around career coaching? Uh, Marcia has been around a long time. I've known Marcia for about 10 years, maybe eight or nine uh, years. And uh, I first was introduced to her when I started thinking about becoming doing career coaching and hooked up with the Career Coach Institute. Marcia, Maybe the best way to start would be just be introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about the Career Coach Institute and uh, uh, maybe even the simplest place to start. What the heck is a career coach? <laughs> thanks, Brad, and uh, thanks for having me on the show today as well. Um, a career coach is basically just someone that can help you to discover what it is that you want to do and develop a strategy and a plan and keep you accountable for completing uh, the search for that, that ideal job. So it might be um, that you're making a career change. It might be that you're changing jobs within your own field and just not finding the number of leads that you want. But basically someone, it's a facilitative role. So if, if I'm coaching you, my agenda for you is not important. Your agenda for yourself is important, and my job is to help you attain that. So, if, so are you saying that I need to have a career and I'm looking for a new career or I'm stuck in my career uh, and want uh, to develop, or develop something new or is it really a job search? Yes. <laughs> the answer. Okay. That's a good answer. Uh, Everything. I cover, that's pretty yeah. universal. Yeah. It depends on, on what that particular coach's focus is. 
And so some coaches really like to focus on the job search portion of things. Other coaches will help you really uh, do the introspection to develop a new career direction. And, and most of us are having anywhere from seven to ten different careers today. So we definitely need guidance at those different junctures where uh, it's very confusing when one thing that we've been doing doesn't really fit anymore and we just aren't sure what's next. So let, let's, step, let's step back a little bit. Like myself, one day uh, I decided out of the clear blue to become a career coach. I, caught, I went on the Internet, started looking for uh, career coaches, uh, how to get certified, um, and go through that process. Tell me, what makes – what, 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 what should I look for if I'm a, a candidate or I'm somebody looking? What should I look for as a career coach uh, in terms of qualifications and knowing that I'm not just getting scammed here, for lack of a better word? <laughs> well, yeah, there are some, uh, some things to look out for, for sure. Uh, one thing is that I would look for someone who has had experience in working with individuals in a similar situation to yours. If you're a CEO, look for someone who's coached CEOs. They don't have to have been a CEO themselves, but they should really uh, have a good sense of, of your, uh, your market and, and your, your uh, needs. They should ideally, I think, be certified and uh, simply because the, the certification isn't about the letters that you get. It's about the confidence and the skills that you build in getting to that certification. So even though when I found coaching, I had 15 years of, of experience in the industry and I'd published several books by that time, I found that it was an entirely new learning experience to go through a training to become a coach because it was a different skill set than I was using as a consultant, for example. And so uh, you, you really want to be sure the person uh, knows what they're doing, knows how to bring the best out of you, and that you have a good chemistry with them. You're going to be working with them for at least a period of weeks, if not longer, and ideally it'll be for a longer period than that as you manage your career. So you really want to be sure that, that, uh, that you feel comfortable with the person and that you have confidence in them as they're sharing with you how they can help you solve your problem. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, that comfort level. Uh, I mentioned earlier that you and I first met when I started becoming a career coach or thought about becoming mm -hmm. a career coach. And uh, a while later, I, I think it was last year, maybe even two years ago, you, we were talking and uh, I had mentioned to you that I, I realized that uh, a career coach, I'm not. I don't have the patience for a career coach. I don't have the, the uh, um, whatever the, that – um, compassion maybe is the right word. I don't know what it is to be a career coach. I'm pretty straightforward and, and I certainly can hold you accountable, but a career coach, I would not be. So um, even though I went through the certification or, or could get certified by your group, I think the, the point is it isn't the numbers or the letters. Uh, it's really that individual person. And even though I've been helping people find jobs for 30 years, I may not be a great career coach. Good point. You know, and uh, the other thing is that there are different types of client groups. And so when I left the legal profession, it was a natural for me to coach attorneys in making a transition out of that field. And yet I found that I didn't have the patience for that in many times because there was so much involved in the investment in the education and the status of being a lawyer and the partnership track and all of the trappings that go with that, much, much like a medical track, that it took people uh, an average of about a year to really make the decision to leave. 
and by then, you know, I was on to other things. And so I, uh, I choose the clients that I work with based on people that are decisive, that are fast acting, that are uh, feeling a readiness to make a decision now and to begin to implement the, what they're really feeling called to do. And so that was how I solved that issue was just by simply taking a, a different approach to who I attract as clients and really uh, crafting my, my message that way. And, and so the people that aren't decisive, I could refer to other individuals that, uh, that might be better suited to them. You know, one of the things that I run into a lot uh, in my job search when I'm working with candidates, I run a, a pretty large networking group here in Southern California of uh, VP and C-level executives, is um, the overword used, the over yeah, overused and misunderstood word coach. Everybody seems to be a coach today. Somehow in the 80s, 90s, or whenever it is, that word coach took off. Um, I mean, I hear of a life coach. I hear of a career coach. Uh, I hear of a soccer coach. Is there really a difference between a life coach and between a, uh, a career coach? Or are they one and the same in your mind? They are not one and the same in my mind. And I'm glad you asked the question. We kind of got off that earlier. Um, you know, it used to be that coaching was limited to the athletic context, and uh, it was Thomas Leonard, I believe, that began to bring it into the business context. He uh, he had been a CPA and began doing life coaching, and then from there, literally dozens of specialty areas have emerged: book coaches, spiritual coaches, uh, um, productivity coaches, and all different kinds of things. So, what distinguishes a career coach from a life coach is that the career coach really focuses on any of what we call the work-related issues. Now, life is part of that, certainly, but if we're getting into, you know, the relationship between the husband and wife or the, uh, the anger issues between, uh, you know, you and your pet or something, you know, we're not going to go there as a career coach. Uh, we're going to refer them off to a life coach for that portion of their issues. But work-related issues is more than just what you put on your resume. It's also... Uh, what you really want to do, what's your passion, what's your purpose in life, and how are you going to fulfill that through the next uh, work that you pursue, whether that's a job, whether it's a business, or whatever it is. And um, it might be planning retirement. We have a specific program just in retirement coaching because the boomers are taking such a different approach to that than uh, people in prior generations, for example. Executives have different issues than some other clients, and so we have specialized training in that area. So there are a number of work-related issues that we might focus on, whether it be um, brainstorming the actual direction or doing the actual search or working with a specific uh, population. But, uh, but basically, uh, the International Coach Federation has defined a series of competencies that coaches need to have. We teach all of those through our program at careercoachinstitute.com, and uh, that is one of the ways that you can tell the difference. Just go to coachfederation.org for the list of the competencies, and you'll see those reflected in our program and others that have adhered to those standards. So if I'm going to look, think of, if one of my candidates were going to refer a candidate to you, uh, to a coach, uh, do I want them to be um, certified through this uh, organization? You know, that's one uh, one direction to go. I'm not going to say that that's the only direction to go, only that that is our central trade association or overseeing body, if you will, that has promulgated the standards that have become universal. 
but um, there are other certifications that do, do not necessarily go through the ICF to be approved that also are legitimate. We didn't for years, and then uh, just finally, because so many people were asking about it, we went ahead and got that accreditation. But um, you know, you just want to see if the the program that you're looking at is in line with those competencies. It will help you do that. And the other thing I think that's really important, if any of the listeners are thinking about becoming a coach, for example, is does the program that you're considering also teach you how to build your business? Even if you've had another business like you were in recruiting before, uh, there are some differences in in, uh, building and and continuing and maintaining a a coaching business versus a recruiting business, certainly different than a mom-and-pop retail operation, different than working for someone else. And so our business acceleration system is the way that we do that, both the launch process and the marketing so that you keep the pipeline full of qualified clients. But that's equally important. You can be the best coach in the world. If no one's hiring you, you still have a hobby and not a business. So that's, that's a valid point. I mean, I, I know that I get a lot of, I see a lot of uh, emails that I saw on your email list, having worked with you about uh, seminars, workshops, and uh, a lot uh, that you do provide for your career coaches in terms of helping them uh, really build a business and launch a business. And uh, I guess you're right. Yeah, today, uh, if you don't have uh, a lot of a lot of certifications, but no clients, doesn't make for uh, a very profitable endeavor, does it? Uh, you know, let me ask you that. one thing. You brought up. You brought up a good point because I run into this a lot, and uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but um, I'm going to talk for a minute because one of the things I notice as a, as a recruiter when you deal with candidates, and boy, and I deal with mostly executives, and so I find that a lot of times when I'm interviewing a candidate who say they've been unemployed for, I don't know, three to four months, which of course in today's market is not a long time for an executive to be unemployed. It's actually right. you know, it's quite – Sure. Boy, the spouse is all over this person. I mean, and it works both ways, male, female, female, male. Um, And, uh, you know, get out of the house, get a job. Uh, Things are tough. Put actually more pressure on this individual to find a job, which they're out there working their heart out anyway. So as a career coach, you brought up the spouse and those issues. Uh, I'm assuming at that point a a good career coach is going to know when to refer to marriage counseling or anger management versus trying to intervene in that kind of topic, which is really over and above what a career coach should be doing. Exactly, and and there's there's kind of a fine line there because um, it may in fact be that there's some part of that issue that is holding the person back professionally if it's really a codependent relationship, but the career coach is not going to be the person to resolve that issue. So, yeah, I always got a little nervous when the spouse wanted to meet with me when I was working with uh, with clients, especially in person in my prior position as an executive vice president. But um, uh, it usually just meant that they were more invested in the results than the client was, and, and that is not a good place to be. So, uh, so yeah, you-, uh, you know, have, having a dialogue, finding out what's really going on there and reassuring the spouse that uh, this is the plan and here are some of the ways that you can support your spouse in moving forward instead of, you know, holding them back, and, and uh, sometimes that's all it takes in, in that situation. But you know, it's all about fear. You know, we don't have income coming in. We need to get something going. And uh, there's actually a process that we teach our coaches to use in, in situations where the finances are fairly uh, urgent, where it's a two-phase search rather than going right for the ideal job. Maybe you go for something that's uh, transitionary, uh, if that's a word, uh, where you can support the income that you need just to keep the balls in the air uh, with the mortgage and the groceries while you leave enough time freed up to do the search for the ideal job as the next step after that. And then that just relieves that pressure. And the person isn't putting out that desperate vibration when they're in interviews either that, please hire me or I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage next month. 
you know, which does come across. Yeah, I would I would tend to think that uh, uh, a lot of times spouses don't communicate with their spouse what they're really doing, and just really? letting that other letting that spouse know you've got a plan. There's effort going on here. There's a plan in place. Uh, there's accountability going to take place. Uh, may help a lot because I, I got to believe a lot of spouses just leave the house in the morning and get out and do what they do because it's not a fun subject to talk about over the dinner table, uh, and exactly. nobody really wants them, their spouse to be that accountability partner because it's it's tough enough without having your spouse as your accountability partner. That's right. That's right. So yeah, you just want to be sure that the information is available. They understand the process and that it does take, like you said, three months isn't very long. Uh, not unusual for six to ten months to go by for an executive. It, it, I guess the rule of thumb is still a month for every um, ten thousand that you were earning uh, to be in the marketplace is not unrealistic. That's not to say everybody does that. With a coach, you will find work faster. And surveys have proven this. That, uh, that that just simply having that, that plan, being able to tweak things as you go along, having someone to be accountable to makes a big difference in results. But nevertheless, you want to be prepared for it to potentially take a, a few months and, and see what, plan, uh, what plans, what, uh, what ways that you can organize your finances to take care of that so that it doesn't become a panic situation. Yeah, let me just remind everybody, if you just joined us, uh, you're listening to latalkradio.com. Uh, I'm Brad Remillard with Impact Hiring Solutions. This show was all about hiring, and uh, we're here to help candidates that are stuck in their search, stuck in their career, or not uh, finding the job that they're looking for as quick as they can, or hiring managers, companies. Uh, we're here to help you identify, attract, hire, and uh, retain your top talent. Uh, and you can call us at uh, 1-818-602-4929. You can send us an email at brad at Impact Hiring Solutions. And after the show, uh, tomorrow you can download this show if you didn't hear the first part uh, at laradio.com. Or you can also uh, listen to it or download it at impacthiringsolutions.com. And we've got Marsha Bench today with us from Career Coach Institute, and we're talking about why you should get a career coach and, and the value of a career coach. And I think you just brought up a good point, Marcia, that I want to uh, continue on, because this is one of the things that I think um, I hear a lot. Is it, it's not the job, or is it the job, uh, of a career coach to help this candidate get a job. That shouldn't be promised as part of a career coaching assignment, should it? It should not. No, it should not be promised. Certainly, we're going to do everything we can to help them with strategy. If we happen to have resources that the side benefit, like leads or um, websites or organizations to, to check with, but mostly the career coach is to help the person really get clear about what they want, what's in the way, and the best way to move through those barriers so they can get to their goal. Yeah, do you That's find it? In a nutshell. Well, I agree with that. Do you find that uh, you have many candidates get upset that when they it's been going on and going on and uh, they, they think that it's your role to help them get a job? Because I always tell candidates, hey, only one person gets you a job, and that's you. You can't, you know, not me, not <laughs> yeah. anybody else. That's yeah. Do you find your uh, clients get upset about that? And if so, how do you handle no, it? No, I, I, I have had that happen, and um, that's where it's really helpful to have a job search action plan provided by the coach, and we train our coaches to do that at Career Coach Institute so that um, they can come in and meet with me, and we can look at their actual activity compared to the uh, action plan. And nine times out of ten anyway, what I have found is that people will tend to hang out 
and focus on the strategies that are, are most comfortable for them. And for most people, that does not involve getting out and meeting people and networking and being proactive. It means they're on monster.com, nothing against monster.com, but only less than 1% of people are hired through, that, through websites such as that, job search banks on the Internet. Um, they are uh, sending out emails. They're looking at various sites and, and sitting behind their computer, and they're not actually going out and, and providing a solution to an employer that, um, that will really show them why it is that they are the best candidate. If I can put my hands on it really quickly, I just recently did a live event, and I do have these right here. The last, just last week, both Fortune and U.S. News and World Report had cover stories. Fortune's was how to find a job. It's a brutal market, but here's how. Here's hope. Uh, here's what's working now. And U.S. News and World Report talking about jobs for the future. And they actually go through some very good examples in there. If the readers want to pick those up for ideas about how you propose your services to an employer that may not even know that they need you or they're trying to sift through, like I'm doing right now with the staffing situation, hundreds of resumes that have come in. If someone comes in and says, this is your situation, I understand that, and these are the reasons that I'm the right candidate and I've done this research and I, I can do this and, and come up to speed very quickly, the employer's all over it and that's going to be a success strategy. But it's certainly different than passively responding to openings that are already posted. So the yeah, published market's only about 15, 20%. The unpublished market is where the real opportunities are, and that's what coaches can help you access. Yeah, I, we, we've always said, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years, and in that 30 years, this number hasn't changed much. I mean, it goes up and down a little bit, but we always yep. hone in on Bill-shaped curve. 70% of the jobs are found through networking and in that, uh, un in that uh, like you unpublished or we call it hidden job market. And I'm a recruiter, and I'd love to tell you that uh, recruiters have 50, 60% of the jobs out there. It's not. The fact is, recruiters at best have 10% of the jobs. And in a, in, a, in a down economy like this, we're just as unemployed as everybody else. If there were jobs out there, yeah. we wouldn't be in a recession. Uh, yeah. And so networking is that is so important, and uh, but Doing it the right way is so important, and I find that uh, uh, when I uh, talk to candidates, I tell them, Marsha, you can spend 8 to 10 hours a day on the Internet. If you want to spend 8 to 10 hours a day, you have my permission to do that. For, go mm -hmm. on ladders. Go on monster. Go on crypto. Spend all the time, 8 to 10 hours a day if you want to do that, as long as it's between 8 o'clock at night and 6 o'clock in the morning. But when that <laughs> yeah, bell goes go. off at 8 o'clock, you're out networking, meeting people from 8 to 5. You're not on that Internet. Uh, yeah. Because you're right, they will get sucked into this black hole and never get out of it, uh, mm -hmm. and spinning their wheels. Let me. Uh, Jeannie from Vermont sent in a really good question that I thought uh, uh, is worth asking you because I think a lot of people get in this into this. Uh, who, how do I hire? And here's her question. It's just basically, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but it's basically, what question should I ask a coach to determine if they're right for me and qualified? I mean, is there a series of questions that uh, someone should, if they're interviewing three coaches and trying to figure out which one is best for them, is there a series of questions you recommend or you like to hear? Sure. You know, I, I would start by asking, uh, I, I'd start by seeing how much they want to pre present their services versus asking me about my situation. Because if they're asking me lots of questions, I know they're going to be customizing their services and really uh, listening to what I need and not necessarily applying a cookie-cutter approach. I think that's really important today. I would ask about their background in um, um, 
becoming a coach? Did they get certified? What kind of training did they have? And I would ask them for success stories because the success stories are going to be the most, uh, most, the best illustration of what they actually can do versus what they were trained to do. So success stories ideally with people in a similar situation as me, you know, been in the market for three months and can't find the, the right leads or uh, just laid off and my industry is going away and I need to, to refocus um, into a new direction or whatever it might be. Um, I would also find out, of course, about fees and uh, uh, how that's handled and uh, what happens, you know, what, what results can I count on and what results um, are up to me. So that um, that's clear up front. We always uh, encourage our students to distribute a list of expectations on both sides of the fence. What's the coach's expectation? What's the client's expectation uh, for for deliverables? And that way, you know, they're not expecting you to find them a job. They're expecting you to show up and be fully present, coach them, and, and your job is to bring an issue to the table and to uh, to keep uh, being accountable and moving through the plan and so forth. So those are a few of the things that I would recommend people ask as they're, as they're getting started with considering which coach to hire. Well, since you brought the subject up, let me answer this. Here's, here's a question that Barry from Colorado is asking. It says, I'm considering hiring a coach. Is it normal to pay a coach money up front or more common to pay as you go? This one wants three months up front. That seems excessive to me. Uh, that is actually not unusual if the sessions are, are being delivered over a period of time. Um, most coaches will do a month-by-month -month basis as well. Um, the, uh, the red flags go off when it's $10,000 up front, and it's somewhat nebulous as to exactly what you're going to be getting for that. So it's not to say that that would never be appropriate, but you want to be 100% clear that you're, you know, you're an executive level client and there's a specific type of services that, that justifies a fee of, uh, of um, that amount. But, um, but for other, uh, other coaches, you know, 90 days is kind of the standard engagement in the traditional model. We teach people to th take more of a career management approach and that when you get the job, that doesn't mean that your work with the coach is finished. There's still a much more work to be done to proactively plan your future. That's another conversation, I guess. But, um, but in terms okay. of um, 90 days up front, I, I wouldn't find that necessarily excessive. Uh, I would just want to be sure that if the uh, if the if it isn't a fit, if you let's say you get to the end of the first month and and you're just not feeling like it's a fit, that that there's a, the ability to get a, a prorated refund. You know, we I want to talk about this again. You mentioned about that ten thousand. One of the questions I get constantly, and I think there's this um, nebulous line. It's probably a clear line for you and I, but it's a nebulous line for candidates. Uh, here in California, I don't know what it's called around the country, but here we call it these candidate marketing companies where they go on Monster, they download uh, resumes, they send out emails that, that uh, engage people. They want ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 up front, um, right. and I don't know what you call them. We call them like candidate marketing. They, they agree to put this plan together now. I've had a lot of complaints about those. I get a lot of complaints from my candidates that I talk to. Uh, are you familiar with those organizations? And, and if you are, Marsha, how do they differ from what a career coach does? I am familiar with those organizations. And, and you know, again, do, uh, caveat emptor, is that the uh, yeah, customer beware, buyer beware you know, regarding those? Um, you, I would get very, very specific about what you're going to get and uh, look for exact uh, examples 
real-life examples of people who have successfully used the program. Uh, many times that's going to include things like access to a, a private database of job leads. It's going to include a, a marketing package, which can have some value. just depends on how much of the value is around that, meaning resumes of different types and cover letters that you can use in different situations. Uh, it may also involve some negotiation assistance. There's, there's a lot of other elements that can enter into the picture. So I would just want to be very, very clear up front um, what's, what's happening, what I'm going to be getting. I would also research the firm online through the Better Business Bureau. The ones that are not reputable will show up as having complaints against them, and that's, uh, you know, you want to run the other way when you find one of those. Yeah, I agree. I, I, we've got a number of them that we've posted on our websites about be avoid because I think uh, – they, they tend to take money and don't provide a lot of service there, you know, after, or at least they promise a lot of service up front and, and just don't deliver the level of, of service that, that you should get from a, an ongoing career coach. How often, if I'm a candidate, how often should I expect to talk to my career coach? Daily, weekly, monthly? What's the frequency of conversations? And, I, and maybe it's a, uh, a lot up front and, and it trickles down uh, as you go through it, but what, in, what type of interface should I expect from a a professional career coach? I'm going to answer that one, but I just want to make one comment on the prior question real quickly, and that is that the other thing that will tell you if you're with one of those services you were talking about versus a real coach is they typically will not be uh, certified as a coach. They will have other background in addition, uh, instead of the coaching background. So that's another red flag to look for. You know, uh, That's a great the, point that I – you know well, what? Sorry to interrupt you, but that's a great point because I get this question all the time, and I never thought about asking that question when they sit down with these people and uh, ask them about. The, I never ever thought to have my <laughs> candidates who come to me and say, "Brad, I'm thinking about going with ABC Company. Have you ever heard of them? Other people in the group ever heard of?" Them? And I never thought to say, "You know, have you asked this question?" That is great right there. So I'm going to okay. put that into my portfolio and add that to our website. Uh, great point. Sorry to interrupt. You're yeah. going to say something else no there about well, my I, next I wanted to be sure and respond to your question, but I think that was, that was an important point to make. Absolutely. Okay, in terms of uh, the interval between sessions, um, the, I would say that the sort of template or the, the, the traditional situation is once a week, uh, certainly during the initial stages of the interaction. Uh, there may be, especially let's say you're making a career change, and there may be some periods of time where you need to go out and do some field work, you need to do some informational interviewing, you need to do some research, and that may stretch it out to every other week. But I wouldn't go much beyond that simply because you're going to, as a candidate, as a client, tend to start to lose focus if it's more than two weeks in between sessions. So when you're actively in the process of discovering your goals and uh, executing your search, I would plan to see your coach or talk to your coach. Phone coaching is probably the most traditional model. Uh, once every week or every other week at the outside. So since you asked that, it's funny – I mean, I knew we were going to cover a lot of these questions, but Michelle from California, out in Chino, asked this similar type of question, which you just talked about. How effective can a coach be over the phone versus in person? I would prefer to meet face-to-face. -face. Do you think it is really matters much? So she's got the similar kind of thing. Is it? And I know most coaching is over the phone, but uh, from your experience, uh, you know, Michelle's curious about whether we should be on the phone or it should be face-to-face -face or a combination of both. Does it matter? Yeah. This is something that, you know, it's really more a matter of what we're used to. When we went through school, we were in a classroom, and we were engaging with people face-to-face. -face. Of course, now we got University of Phoenix and other distance learning programs, and that's not always the, the model anymore. 
but um, but we still have people approach us that say, I want to have a coach who's in the Atlanta area. I want to work with a coach that's in the Minneapolis area, whatever it might be. And, and our response is always, that's, that's great. We'll see who we have. And you may just want to look more in terms of who has a similar background or uh, who would, uh, you know, you might work with by phone because that can be just as effective. Uh, I certainly like to have photographs exchanged if I'm going to work with someone virtually, but, but I do uh, 90% of my training over the phone as well as uh, almost all of my coaching. Uh, it just takes a bit of a shift in the mindset to realize that, yeah, I, I, can, I can engage just as effectively that way in many cases. Now, if the person, let's say they're in your area, Brad, they're in Southern California, uh, you may want to have a face-to-face -face meeting to kick things off just to have that engagement. You may want to uh, also do that for the interview coaching phase of things, either do it by video or do it in person so you get the nonverbal body language as well as what they're saying in the process. But other than those two situations, and, and that isn't required, Required by any means, I would uh, I would just encourage people not to exclude phone coaching because it can be very very effective. Um, and, and, and one of the things I think about too with Skype today, I mean, you mentioned for a photograph with Skype today, you could basically have a almost like a. I mean, I use it for I use it for uh, when I interview candidates that aren't uh, local. So we'll go on Skype. Yeah. We used to go. I used to go to Kinkos and do a. Uh, what they call a you know video conference now with Skype, and it's almost like having a face to face. So you're looking at the person, you're getting to know the person, you're looking them in the eyes, you're staring at them. So with Skype, it's uh, pretty easy to do. Also, have you used Skype? Do you use Skype at all in this? Yes, I have. I've done some uh, some video interviews with uh, uh, with different organizations, um, you know, marketing wise, and and um, yeah, I've, I've experienced it, and I think it is a great a great tool that we have, and it's really not very expensive. So uh, so that's that's great, and especially if people are uh, at a distance, even around the world from um, their client, that can be a way of having a more personal interaction. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, just again, uh, if you just joined us or you joined us after the introduction, uh, we're talking with Marsha Bench of Career Coach Institute. Uh, this is latalkradio.com. I'm Brad Rummelard, one of the founders of Impact Hiring Solutions. Uh, if you have a question for Marsha on career coaching or anything to do with career coaching, give us a call at 818-602-4929. Or as you can see, we get a number of emails coming through. seems like people like to send more emails than uh, call. So you can email us at brad at impacthiringsolutions. And uh, if it's a timely topic, I'll try and get it on the air uh, as quickly as possible. But today we're, we talk about uh, hiring on this show and we've covered everything from resumes to personal branding, advanced networking, uh, leveraging uh, social media in your search. So if you're a job hunter looking for a career or st st uh, stuck in your search, uh, we're going to talk about that issue. On the other hand, uh, we'll talk shortly. Actually, next week we're going to talk about, from the hiring manager's perspective, of how can you attract, hire, and retain top talent. So. Uh, that's what the show is about today. Uh, Marsha Bench is with us again from Career Coach Institute. Uh, Marsha, let me ask you uh, another question from Bill in Massachusetts. We've touched on this a little bit, so I'm, I'm not going to – you don't have to expound on too much more, but I do think there's a valid point here. And he wants – he says, is there a difference between a career coach and basically someone who helps me write a resume? Uh, and we did, and he follows up by saying, "How will a help, career coach help me land a new job?" And we talked about it's not their job to help, not their job to help to get you a job, but you have to find the job. It's a career coach to help you land it. But uh, I assume some of the uh, 
idea, I'm assuming some of the products or services, I guess maybe a service is a better word, that a, a career coach is going to help you with is putting a resume together and uh, helping you get that resume focused. It, it, focused. Is that probably what, what, step one in the process, tips two, step three? Well, you know, here's what happens, and, and we've had a number of resume writers come through our career coach training program for this reason. Client comes to them and says, I want a new resume. I've got to find a job in the next, you know, four weeks or whatever because I'm going to get laid off or I don't like where I'm at. And um, so the resume writer's first question is what? What is it that you would like to do? What are your qualifications? What are your accomplishment stories? And the, the person stumbles around and doesn't know how to answer those questions. So right away, the resume writer has to basically try to step into a career coaching mode and give that away in order to do what they're being paid for, which is to write the resume. And that becomes a pretty time-consuming exercise if the candidate is not clear on exactly what they want to do or how they can sell themselves as being qualified to do that. Uh, so career coaches have a much broader spectrum of knowledge, and um, they can help you through the entire process from the, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, to successfully finding a job and everything in between. Uh, and um, resume writers typically are, are highly trained in just that skill, and they have a great value in the marketplace. It's just that if the person isn't yet clear on their goals, the resume writer will not be of, of much assistance. So um, there is a, a line that, that we can draw there. And um, most, uh, what I've found interesting over the years is that the type of personality that is drawn to resume writing is different than the type of personality that's drawn to career coaching. So it makes a really nice partnership if a career coach partners with someone who is a professional resume writer to serve their client's needs, since those are different uh, skill sets and, and really different kinds of, of personalities to begin with. That's a good point. I mean, that, that's uh, understanding that career coaching, like I said, my personality is just not one for career coaching. Uh, I don't mind helping right. people on a job search because that's what I know. I can look at their job search, but uh, I tell people, if you, wanna, if, you're, if you don't know what your career is, go get a career coach. If you want help on a job search, that I can help you with, but uh, the mm -hmm. career is just not what I'm in it, in it for, so you got to know those boundaries. Um, is there? Do you have a Maybe this will help. Is there a methodology? I mean, when I think of a search or when I do such a search, I have a methodology. When we train companies how to hire, attract, and retain their best top talent, we give them a five-step approach to, to accomplish that. Our books are on that. Uh, the re our recent book, This Is Not the Position I Hired, which is a job search methodology from a recruiter's perspective, kind of has this five, six-step approach. Uh, it's laid out, do step one, do step two, here's step three. You can do some parallel and they overlap, but there is this methodology. Is there a methodology or a step approach that uh, a candidate should expect or that, that you teach it at the Career Coach Institute for your uh, students to go through and, and, and help uh, walk candidates through? There is, and uh, I'm glad you asked that. I think it's very important that uh, whoever you're working with has a system that can then be customized to the individual. And our system <clears throat> for discovering your ideal work is called Authentic Vocation. Authentic Vocation. And um, you could Google that term and, and get a, a better sense of what's involved there. But um, one of the things that I discovered early on when I first started my work in this field in 1986 is that uh, the traditional approach to finding out what you were supposed to be doing for a living 
was almost entirely based on what you were good at, what you had skills in, and now they'd say talents or strengths, which is great, but it doesn't tap into always the emotional passion and purpose that that really will drive the person to the, the best opportunities to help them express their gifts. And so our system was one of the very, probably the very first, to use life purpose as a basis, a foundation, before we ever start thinking in terms of, uh, of skills, and we do get there in, later in the model. So there are eight steps that we have our coaches guide their clients through to make sure that that job is both uh, expressive of their purpose and talents, as well as financially going to meet or exceed their needs. So it addresses both perspectives, and uh, and it's a very powerful way to do that discovery. Um, now, do they short circuit those? But the, th- the key thing I think you said is they it, it's customized, right? So you you kind of look at where that individual is and where they want to go. I mean, that, 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 isn't that really the key? Not sure. every good system's got to have some flexibility built into it, and the career coach has yeah. to, I guess, work through those um, yeah. And you don't processes. always do them in order, necessarily, depending on the person's goals. If it's, a, if it's a very urgent financial situation, we will spend less time initially on the life purpose aspect of things and maybe come back and pick that up in more depth later. I used to say we just skip it and go to the right to the skills and get them something marketable. But in this environment, and I've been wanting to say a little bit about this before we um, wrap up today, is that um, we, I do not expect or project that we are going to return to a system where we have full employment like we have or pretty close to it uh, in the past. Because the shift that's happening now is a fundamental shift in the way we do business. And we now have uh, half of our gross national product generated by home-based entrepreneurs. So if some of your listeners might be thinking about, you know, I'm not sure I really want to put myself back in a situation of working for someone else and risking being laid off again, they may want to take a look at being self-employed as a coach or in another service-type business that will allow them to have more charge of their own destiny. So that being the case, um, we, we definitely, it's, it's all based around connection and around expressing our purpose to a much greater extent than ever before. So that's another factor that's at play here with the literal collapse of industries at this time that is going to make a big difference in how people engage themselves professionally going forward. Yeah, we call it, uh, we've called it, I've called it for years a portfolio career where uh, if you need X amount of dollars instead of getting it from one resource, you may end up finding different uh, areas that you are very good at, uh, mm-hmm. resume writing, career coaching, and adding though that portfolio of two or three things, which is really nice because then when the economy goes, not necessarily all three of them go if you're doing three different things. And so that 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 income stream maintains, but you end up finding yourself doing a lot of different things and becoming self-employed in today's world is uh, – is a fact of life, and I agree with you. The economy is going to be a while before it changes. The certainly going to come out of this in a different economy. One of the things mm-hmm. I find right now, and this is right why I want to do this show, because I think I find that in this economy, for my clients looking for to hire people, the bar has been raised so high right now for a company to hire somebody, or they'll just sit back and wait. They'll, I mean, the four biggest things I hear from my four biggest words I hear from my clients all the time is. You know, show me someone else. Who else do you got? Or who else is out mm-hmm. there? I mean, I hear right. that all the time. Whereas this candidate before would have got the job. Today, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I like them. They're good, you know, but who else you got? Because they're not in a hurry. 
And if you're not, I wrote a blog uh, on our on our site uh, for our candidates at Impact Hiring Solutions. And the title of the blog is basically is, are you the Tiger Woods of job hunting? And you have to be that good uh, to uh, to get there. And one of the things, that, and, and we can talk about this for a few more minutes, is one of the things I hear all the time, Marsh, and I'll bet you hear this too, is candidates tell me all the time, oh, I know that. Oh, I already know that. I know that. Yeah. Uh, they get mm-hmm. a book and they say, I know that. And I try and stress back, knowing something and doing it is a big leap, but it's yeah. a quantum leap between doing it, knowing it, and doing it correctly. And I find that candidates all know this stuff, but most of them don't do it and don't do it effectively and at a high degree of skill. Um, and that, I think, is really keeping people on the job market longer than they need to because they're just only at 70%. And anything we do at 70% is not effective. I agree. And, uh, you know, Dr. Phil would say, how's that working for you? The fact that you know that stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's <laughs> uh, a good point. So, how's that working for you? Yeah. So you do have to become a, a master job strategist, essentially, job search strategist in charge of your own goals and destiny. There's none of this passive sitting back and waiting for it to happen, especially in this market. And uh, I don't think that time is going to return, frankly. And then that's not what a lot of your listeners may want to hear. They want to hear the easy magic bullet that will get me the job tomorrow. We, we'd all love to have that. But it just, uh, in most cases, doesn't exist. It requires that we ask ourselves some tough questions. What do I really want? What is the opportunity in this layoff for me? We can all look back in our lives and see situations that happened to us that appeared to be tragic or very upsetting at the time. And they can be major life events, death of a loved one, sudden divorce, uh, illness, or whatever it might be. And now we look back and we, we can see that was a tremendous gift. It gave me the permission to do something that I was wanting to do but didn't feel like I could shed the trappings of my normal life to do it. And so someone getting a layoff notice today is being handed a gift on a silver platter. What are you going to do with that gift in terms of really expressing who you are and sharing your gifts with the world? For every day that we don't express our gifts in our profession, we are literally depriving other people of those gifts that they could so benefit from. And, and many times we don't think of it that way. We just think of it from our own standpoint and, and what we have to give up in order to do that. But, uh, but if the listeners would think of it in those terms, you're depriving other people of a gift that you have the ability to give them by not really pursuing your purpose. So what would that look like if you really went for it this time? That's a great. Uh, that's a great story. A great, uh, really, a, a totally different way of looking at it. And I think it, it really makes you reflect differently. Because I get the candidates I met. It's all about me. It's all about me. They're so focused on themselves and this one path that they've. You know, most of the people I've dealt with are twenty-five, thirty years of experience. They've only have one path to go down. And so, as soon as they become unemployed or in transition, they go back. They fall back to what used to be comfortable. Uh, right. And in today's world, the used to be. I mean. Even a year ago, 18 months ago, you could get a job with a resume on the back of a napkin yeah. because companies were so desperate. I right. mean, you, you just, you know, it was, it was companies were just desperate to hire people. Uh, today, uh, you have to be so focused. And we, we try and really, and I, I, I got to get your opinion on this because I think it's what I preach. And we find that candidates that are general, I'm looking for a, a company. 
I'm looking for a mid-sized company where I can be a CEO, a COO, a vice president, or make a contribution is absolutely worthless today. You have to be very focused and very targeted on what you're looking for or vanilla is not going to cut the flavor anymore like it did a year ago. Are you finding the same thing in, in your coaching? And is, is that part of what you do as coaching? I do. And, um, you know, it's a little bit like the difference between features and benefits when we talk about marketing. Benefits really tie into the emotional connection and the value that is being provided by a specific service, let's say. So we know in marketing that we aren't going to talk about how it's three sessions a month and you're going to get a workbook and you're going to get an audio series. It's about I can help you get from this place of, of feeling overwhelmed and confused and, and not sure of your direction to clarity, which is going to in, in turn have an impact in your pocketbook and your fulfillment and your family, etc. So um, the question that I would want to have the, the candidates be asking is, what is it that I can give, and where is the biggest value that I can bring to an organization? The form and the title that that takes is not nearly as important, although you know, if they're working with you or another recruiter, they're going to need to, to conceptualize it that way eventually. But the, the thing that will really sell them to a company is I um, increased sales by 200% in 18 months using social networking in my last position. And, you know, just today or yesterday, I was, there was an article in the paper that one of our government agencies here is looking for someone to do social uh, networking help with them uh, to, to develop their visibility. If they saw that person's accomplishment statement, they'd be all over them. But you've got to think in terms of what you have to give to the employer, not what position and what salary package you're going to get from them. It's just a whole different way of thinking about it, and, and it comes across in spades during the, uh, the interview and any other interaction that you have with them. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And that, and that was a pretty specific definition. I saved my employer X amount of dollars through social networking and developing and marketing plans or whatever they develop, and that's pretty specific and uh, a lot of value to it. Uh, mm -hmm. Marsha, we got about a minute left. Let me uh, give you time to give a commercial. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you, your organization? I know even on your website you have a list of career coaches available. Why don't you give them some information so that uh, they can uh, follow up and hopefully engage uh, the right person? Thanks for that opportunity. Yes, uh, careercoachinstitute.com does two things. We have a training program for people that want to become self-employed career coaches. Uh, there's also one for corporations that want to bring that into their organization, but um, I'm assuming most of the listeners may want to do it for themselves. We also do have a directory of certified coaches there. And, um, and then for, on the other track that I was speaking about in terms of the new era of, of entrepreneurship, um, PurposefulEntrepreneur.com is my other website that addresses that more directly and some uh, coaching and other services there. So, um, yeah, we are the premier provider of career coach training and certification worldwide. We, we were the first to offer this specialty, and we are, we are uh, recognized worldwide as a leader. So uh, if anyone has questions, uh, you can simply contact us through the toll-free number at the website, 866-C-COACH-4, uh, or email us, and we'll be happy to uh, dialogue with you more about that. And that's careercoachinstitute.com. Uh, exactly. Thanks, Marcia, for being here. Thanks for letting me uh, 
give your information and talk to you about uh, the value. Uh, just want to let our listeners know that, again, this will be posted tomorrow where you can download or listen to it at latalkradio.com or on our website, impacthiringsolutions.com, and you can download the complete uh, uh, complete show. Real quick, next week we're going to be talking for the company standpoint. We've got Jeff Stinson with us and he's going to be talking about how do you get the most out of HR outsourcing and what value can HR outsourcing bring to you. So with that, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Marcia, for being there and have a great week and we'll chat with you in a a little while uh, next week on the radio show Monday at 11 o'clock. Thanks, Marcia, again. Appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Bye-bye. listening to You're Not the Person I Hired with Brad Remillard.